Live from the RM Studios in Tustin, California, at the crossroads with Gabriel and Lee. All right, how's it going, Lee? Good. Oh, so uh, I'm doing good. Yeah. Thank you for asking. So you were just saying something right now, and we were already kind of starting the podcast. We already started before we hit record. So now we're in the middle of our conversation. So we went into the Blaze and how Dave Rubin is going to be contributor tr- contributor for the Blaze, right? Seven yeah. So heads. he'll yeah he'll have his he'll have his independent thing like guest wise he'll control. Actually, he hired Kyle something something. Yes, Kyle. The guy, the student oh, that was at Parkland. I follow him. I forget his last name, but yes, he was the Parkland shooter survivor. He's a Jewish conservative. He was he was probably one of the only ones I saw that was outspoken about yeah uh, not continuing for gun guns essentially. Yeah. Whereas many other students, when they went on like the CNN town hall and all these other things yeah. about gun control and we need to do something about it, which I I mean makes sense like they're frustrated, right? But obviously that a lot of it came from motion. But you were yeah we're talking about Blaze TV and this whole kind of. Joining forces of conservative, not necessarily conservative, because Jay Rubin isn't conservative. Uh, he's libertarian, right? Libertarian. libertarian he, he's. Yeah. I, I think he's over the, I guess, months basically, because I mean, he's only now done this for a few years. Although he was with the Young Turks before, he was. But he's, I think now he, he's. Yeah, that's that's just an interesting. Uh, there's a lot there. Of, yeah, there's an interesting way of how they describe themselves now where with Michael Malice he's the who's that he's a comedian slash professional troller oh wait did you he was on Joe Rogan's podcast he's been on Joe Rogan he's been on I think he's been on uh, Dave Ruby he's been on a few I think he was yeah and he's a very outspoken kind of a loose cannon I guess that's the best way to put it but so his his whole thing, his whole perspective on conservatives versus liberals is take the red pill one at a time. Mm. Don't take the whole bottle. Something to that effect. But essentially, yeah, with with Dave Rubin, like you like you mentioned, he was on the Young Turks, and then I forget what year it was, but he dropped off and started his own show. He wanted his own platform, and now. He's a self-proclaimed classical liberal or classic, classical liberal or libertarian. That's like the common denominator, I guess, for libertarian side where, I don't know if you've ever seen the political spectrum, if you're familiar with the political spectrum. Uh, well, left would be considered liberal, right would be conservative, and the middle is like libertarian. Yes and no, but it's, it's basically a, uh, a graph where oh like a quad, quad yes. quadrant yeah you call quadrant it. and on, on the very top it's symbolizing the authoritarian beliefs or authoritarian oh. uh, perspective at the very bottom it is l- not liberty based but it's kind of free range free for all kind of right and then it, and then it groovy, does left yeah yeah and then it does left and right and 
it's I, I think I believe it's left and right more they symbolize more or less the economic freedoms. Oh yeah. I so, forgot about that part of it. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically uh what is it, the X axis? X X axis is the y. economic right kind of uh, uh, views of poli- uh, how you view politics. Correct. And then up and down is more of the social yes issues. There you go. Social issues versus the economic issues. And then how you, and then how does the four, how would the four boxes be defined? So the top left. Okay. That would be more leaning towards socialism, progressivism, communism. Got it. So I believe Bernie, somebody like Bernie would be at the very, he's, he's going to lean left at where that, where at Y axis is separating the left and the right. He's he's on the left, but like border, he's hanging on that border. He's in that area where on the X. Yeah, because he's claiming, I believe it's because he's claiming democratic socialism. So it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, but it's like uh, passive aggressive. Yeah, basically but, aggressive. But if, <laughs> but if you break down, yeah, if you break down that right quad, quadrant. It's gonna if you break it in half, the left side is gonna be the liberal side, and the right side is gonna be more or less the conservative side. Right. Yeah. Anyways, so we were saying how you mentioned the blaze, and and I was saying that makes sense as far as trends are concerned because I think that's just where content, all kinds of content, not just um, media outlets, but it would make sense for it to expand and be subscription based. Where you're actually paying for your news, like like you would back in the day for newspapers, um, it would make sense in that case because the way that mainstream media, the way it's going, the way I don't know, I don't even know when you would say they made a turn, but for example, CBS, I mentioned MSNBC, Fox News, etc., where they're going to turn into the McDonald's, the Starbucks, the you know, Burger King, Del Taco of news media, whereas something like The Blaze, I guess you could throw in the Young Turks for the left, where it's no longer going to be, it's, where we're going to see media as some of it being processed and some of it, it being a little bit more organic, vegan, gluten free, unbiased, hopefully. <laughs> vegan, yeah, gluten free, right. Free range. Right. What is that coffee when you get it out? I forget what they call it now. That coffee where it's not compromised oh, coffee. Not cold brew. That's uh. No, just like more you know locally conscious. You're not you're not taking advantage of the locally grown locally, or something like that. But yeah, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so blaze blaze was put uh, developed or or created by. Gosh, I'm blanking on his name now. Was it one of the guys that came out of Breitbart? I believe so. Okay. Which Andrew Breitbart, that guy was a who coined politics as downstream from culture. That was Breitbart. That was Breitbart. Huh. At least that's who who I've seen. They, they give the credit to. Yeah. To. Oh. But I forget his name now. Uh, gosh. But yeah, so. But yeah, so. <laughs> Wonderful. No, so there's there's like you mentioned sub sub 
subscription subscription based ah, subscription based model, and Crowder has his Mug Club Glenn members. Beck. Glenn Beck, there you go. His voice is a great radio voice, by the way. Glenn Beck, yeah, it's such a great voice. What's he up to now? He's just running the blaze. Yeah, he has his podcast. He doesn't really run it because they have their own CEO. Oh. He he just kind of does his thing on the podcast and other shows that he has, which is smart of him to do. And then you have The Wire, Ben Daily, Shapiro. The Daily Wire. The Daily Wire, there you go. And that's another subscri- subscription-based platform. Mm-hmm. Platform. Um, what else is there? I don't know too many, actually. I'm kind of limited in that. No, but there, there's plenty. There's plenty of oh, alternatives. Yeah, for, basically what yeah. we're talking about are, are alternative alternative news outlets essentially new media is what they're calling it new media yeah and you know you have quillette i don't know if you heard of quillette it's a uh online news paper and it brought to light you know some thinkers um but basically their whole point was free speech and we really want to think outside the box so Quillette, quillette was developed in the uk i believe by Claire, I forget her last name, but there was a contributor who was a New York University student who Dave Rubin had on, young guy studying philosophy, wink wink, <laughs> shout out, and yeah, he uh, he's really interesting because he he was part of the testimonies with along with Candace, Candace Owens, who was talking about the reparations, okay. and he was against. Because of the limit, like, well, how do you limit this to actual descendants of those who were enslaved? And so yeah. he was making his arguments and Candace Owens, Candace Owens and then some football player, I believe, who was also African-American and was against it. And, you know, kind of that whole, I don't know if you remember that when it happened like a month ago or so. Yeah, I just remember somebody pointing out that Obama's $14 million his... house. No. By the beach, global warming. That's something else. <laughs> really? No, but I had. Oh, I forget somebody who it was, but they had mentioned Obama, where he would fit in that category, is that because his dad is of African descent, directly from Kenya, I believe. Yep. But his mom's side, that he would actually, if reparations were to take into effect as a policy or what have you, Obama would more than likely owe money. So he would just pay himself? <laughs> or somebody. Transfer from a savings to a checking? <laughs> like Kevin Hart? Yeah. Kevin Hart? Uh, yeah, so I don't understand how. It's just a way to, to generate attention, generate votes. And then Kamala somebody. Harris's father owned slaves, and she's technically Jamaican. Correct. So there's that. She got publicly reprimanded by her dad, right? Mm-hmm. For the weed comments about oh right yeah she yeah. laughed about her on that on that uh, radio show she was, yeah she was on the radio show and she had mentioned they had asked her if she ever smoked weed and she had mentioned how she had smoked in college when she was in college while listening to Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg and Tupac yeah and then somebody did their research and it turns out that she was in college. Before Tupac and Snoop were actually rapping, so 
Which makes her pretty old, but that's not there, the point. There goes there goes that. Yeah. Yeah. That goes that story, but uh, yeah, I think her dad was a professor. I believe he was a college professor, university professor. Yeah, and wow. so he's actually a very dignified man, and so his comments just didn't seem like he was very pleased with his daughter's. Uh, that is so interesting. Side, side comments there. I didn't even know that. Yeah. yeah. And it's something along the lines of like your grandparents would be ashamed of you placating to the Jamaican stereotypes and what have you. So, <laughs> yeah. And then actually, was it sometime last week? I was watching a a clip of Bob Bob Marley, and they asked him about his like his monetary what is it net worth net worth essentially. Yeah. And he asked the interviewer, like, what is, what do you think rich is? Like, millions and whatever, right? And he said, well, like, money is just, it's it's nothing, basically. Mm-hmm. All, I'm, all I'm looking for is, like, joy and relationships and all these other things that money really can't buy you, you know? Like, quality of life, essentially. Mm-hmm. But, kind of side note there. Yeah, I was going to ask... I don't know how much of his. Background. I totally botched that, by the way. It was it was basically a dismissal of monetary riches, right? Versus like that makes sense relational riches. Yeah, but wasn't there? I don't know if this was before he died or after he died, but there was a big goal stink about. I mean, because I know he was big into the whole Rastafariism, Rastafari thing, but I remember seeing somewhere that he was getting heat because it turns out he was actually half white. Oh my and God. I don't know if that was known when he was alive or not, when he was making music or what have you, but I, yeah, I remember somebody, you know... Well, they're going to find out about now. Yeah, just... It's kind of crazy, right? People die and then either get me too or, you know, the skeletons come out of the closet, essentially. and They're no well, longer upholding the image that they had when they were alive or... You know, Michael Jackson, that Michael Jackson, was it HBO documentary? I haven't Exposed, seen it. I think it was HBO, maybe Showtime, I don't remember. But yeah, that's another mm-hmm. one too that some people that had seen it had said, if you're a Michael Jackson fan, don't watch it because it's going to change, it's going to change your perspective on him, essentially. It's going to, yeah, so there's a lot of damning evidence, I guess, to... I think that's, I think that's uh, interesting. I know we're on a tangent a little bit, A little but bit. <laughs> I think it's interesting, I was just listening to Joe, Joe Rogan's podcast, who he has on right now who's he talking to i know the last one was the fight companion and then before that it was neil neil degrasse tyson yeah. so this was actually zuby this okay. got this rapper from the uk and they were talking about kanye no actually it was a clip sorry it was a clip from the fight companion okay and you know his podcast for three hours with brandon and brian yeah, yeah they're three hours long so you can get so many clips from that but i think eddie was on that one too oh, yeah okay. eddie bravo and it was like a three-minute clip about bringing on Kanye. And he mentioned... Oh, no, sorry. It was about uh, Kim. They asked him, oh, would you whole, bring on Kim? The whole... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No. And he said, yeah, like I want to talk to her about why she got involved with criminal justice and wanting to go to law school and all that. And and his whole point about Kanye is he's he's such a... What is it? Prolific rapper and creative like you can't have him on the podcast because he'll like he that's 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 just not his space like he's creative he raps he does all these things like that's not where he belongs wait who said that who said he's not uh drogan 
Like really? it wouldn't work for him to be on the podcast, basically. So but he, he would have Kim on. He so he so now he's in an essence backtracking from having Kanye. That's what it sounds like to me. Well, it just didn't it didn't work him. out logistically speaking, and I guess it didn't work out on, on both ends, from what is said on his podcast. That or I would just imagine that Kanye wants too much control of the podcast. If and, he were to say something he doesn't like, or he questions or second guess. Guesses, I would imagine that he would not want that like, release. Oh, so or, Kanye would not like if Joe Rogan were to question. I mean, it's just a conversation. Yeah. Well, is, I mean, is Kanye that out of control that he can't he can't know. control what he says? I mean, we we know he's going to say something crazy. But he also then, had Alex, Alex Jones on, and I don't know how much different they are in a lot of ways. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to equate them, but. Think about that real, real, real quick with with not Kanye with Kim. It makes sense the whole for becoming a lawyer because that's what her dad was. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely so something in her blood about it. Yeah. Maybe she's bored. Maybe she has. Other she's definitely got the money. Other interests now yeah. as a mom. You right. Know, maybe she you know has this thing in her where she wants to do some kind of community service or what have you. So it kind of makes sense. I mean. Yeah, her dad was the lawyer that yeah. was uh, O.J. Simpson, right? O.J.'s uh, Pro- family friend and yeah. attorney, right? So, well, like the whole Michael Jackson, Kanye, like all these artists who are very like out there. Because Kanye talked about his mental or his secret power or something was, was his bipolar and then he talked about depression. He talked about all these all these different things, but you you see how these a lot of times creative types are, you know, they're balancing on a thin line, and it's just like they're gonna there's something in well, that's all human beings though, right? Like there's always gonna be something, some dark side of them, or just like there's always gonna be a part of them that we're not gonna always. You know, it's not always going to be so polished. Do you think? Do you think it's? Uh, I don't know if the, what the what the right word is, but do you question at all, at all the fact that Kanye refers to himself as a genius? Do I question that? Yeah. How many geniuses do you know that had said that? I don't know any. <laughs> that you can think of. I mean, granted, with. Uh, Albert Einstein, the whole thing with Albert Einstein was that he couldn't tie his own shoelace. There you go. He said mentally he couldn't process. Such a simple task. Yeah. So basically that's the same way of him saying that I'm the greatest of all time. (laughs) Well, compared to Kanye. (laughs) Just a more, uh, I don't know, polite way of saying that. Could be. I mean, genius is pretty out there if you think about that. Right, I mean that's what I'm saying with with Kanye. I think at this point we we know or we understand that he might say something today, but then tomorrow he's gonna flip. Yeah, he's not gonna say that he changed his mind. He's just gonna tell you that he might think differently, which he's just, which makes him the ultimate politician. He gets a pass, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not that out, that outside of the norm now with. With what we see day in and day out in the news, so I think it's just interesting. This whole well, I I, I was gonna mention earlier before we started, but how there's this new media push 
it's been around and I, from the conversation that Dave Rubin and Glenn Beck had and the conversation Joe Rogan and Zuby had there is this real need for a conversation and I and I as I was listening to this and listening to kind of what's happening politically on the on a bigger stage in society societal on our, in our society what happened no, speaking of conversations, did you see how Melissa Alyssa Milano is supposed to debate or meet with uh, Ted Cruz? What? Yeah, I guess over the weekend they were exchanging on Twitter. On Twitter, and I mean she she was still going after it. You know, she was still insulting him, what have you. But she had mentioned that she's going to be in D.C. this next week, I believe, and. She said, I would love to meet with you, yada, yada. And then he said, yeah, let's go ahead and meet. I guess they're supposed to live stream it on Twitter, I believe. Or some platform. Forget What's which. the topic? I or believe, what are they going to be talking I about? I believe it was guns. Gun rights. Oh. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, Texas is having, I guess. A, a shift. There's a bit yeah. of a shift there. And then was it South Carolina is going to be the state that's looked at for the election? And there's some shaky ground there apparently Mm -hmm. so i mean it'll be good for him to get out there like that and 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 have this conversation on a more cultural with a more cultural figure yeah but i mean do we really want to listen milano to represent a certain i mean what who is she representing i don't even know man at this point celebrity right 80s actors you know 90s actors I think it'd be important <laughs> in some sense because it, it it goes into what Andrew Breitbart said: culture is downstream from politics, and so now they're now meeting literally. Now it's a crash course, yeah. Uh, sample for us. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. I think. I hope at least. Because at the very least, it'll show the fissure, if you want to call it that, between someone who's been in politics versus someone who's. I don't know, shouting from the rooftop and kind of spouting their opinions on things they believe in, claiming to speak for groups or ideas, mm-hmm. groups of ideas. Group thought. Yeah. Group think. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I mean I'm not I'm not thrilled about, like I said, it's it being a list of Milano, but do you think it's do you think it's kind of what is it called? Kind of beneath him, in a sense? Kind of well, not worth his while? I mean, he is a representative, right? To a degree, of the people. So he should be doing it? Not that he has to? Not that he has to, but... Yeah, maybe this is just his way of uh, getting through to... I'm sure they both have that perspective. This is my way of getting through to the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I remember, was it AOC and Ben Shapiro? He had challenged her to and debate. And she claimed it was catcalling? Yeah. Because he was willing to pay for the event. He was willing to pay for the, her expenses. It sounds like a great date, a great date to me. And <laughs> yeah, she wasn't having it. That's so interesting. Because I think the whole, yeah, it was like the whole catcalling thing came into place. And I think the 
Oh, patriarchy. Some uh, some form of patriarchal attack was. I don't know if it was her or her side that credited the, like, oh, how how could you pay? How could you say that you're going to pay for, you know, this and that? But anyway, yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. I hope this Alyssa Milano goes better. Ted Cruz thing, yeah. We'll see though. <laughs> I think there is. Yeah, I was, you know, in in, in all these different conversations and things that have happened have happened. It's made me think more and more about what we're trying to accomplish and just, you know, kind of prepping a little bit for the, this recording and having gone through some of, some notes I've been, I've, I've had taken, but you know, I think there is a way we can bring some value to this conversation. I'm hoping it gets heard. That's the goal. Listen to me. Yeah, you know, listen. <laughs> listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. <laughs> I just hope Linda can listen for more than five minutes. But there is just definitely a lot that's happening. And, oh, like even, what is it? The uh, NOAA National Organization. I forget what it was called about the whole Sharpie and the trajectory of the hurricane and Oklahoma and Alabama and did you see it? No, this is news. Well, there's one there was one part of this where Trump I think put up a picture of the path that the hurricane was going to go on and put a Sharpie like drew a uh, kind of the end of it, like mm-hmm. where it was going to lead to and people were basically saying that was false that were they were part of the national organization of I forget meteorology something like that, yeah. Okay. And then later on, someone, someone on the head of it or like up upper level said no, like he was correct. And then CNN was talking about the hurricane and said the wrong state. And so Trump like had it on repeat, and it was like supposed to be a, like I think they said Alabama when it wasn't even Alabama. And then he like trolled them hard about it. Yeah, because I remember the whole. Him using a nuclear bomb. That too. That too. But I don't. I don't remember the. The I mean, sharpie. At this point, everything's yeah. ridiculous. Well, again, I'm like, I'm like, just thinking. I know I'm not a Trump guy, but everything this guy does is wrong. Right. Which I mean, can't be true, right? Hope can't it's be. Not tr- hope can't it's be not. that bad. Yeah, I hope it's not true, but. That's what, at least that's what we're told, right? That's what we're, that's what we're being fed, at least. That thought process. And it's interesting thinking about how, I don't know, it just seems as though things are going to change if, if you keep the same kind of talking points whereas because what i'm what i'm thinking about is black mirror i don't know if you saw the recent episodes Mm -hmm. or have you watched any of them but one of the recent episodes was about this sorry spoiler alert if you don't mind well i don't know about the 
Me, I'm fine, but I'm the audience. I don't know if they're. Well, by the time he gets out, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> and you're, and if not, you're or just if not cover do it. cover your ears, children. Cover your ears. <laughs> so it's about this social media, kind of similar to Twitter, um, platform. And this guy pretends to be a Uber driver or a Lyft driver, and and he's sitting in front of this company that owns it. I forget the exact name of the company, but basically, he's waiting for someone that works there. Because later on we find out that he was driving home, him and his wife were driving home from his mom's house because she's she had been sick. And he's driving, he said that he was bored because she was asleep. And this addiction he, that he had, as many people had, to the app. And he saw a notification that he got a like from some dog picture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's crying and as he's telling this story to the owner of the creator of this app because they had to get a hold of him because he had an intern hostage at gunpoint and they're in i forget what state in like the uk and the creator was in in the us and there's this whole thing and there's like a, a you know cops all around and he's just sitting there telling he wants to tell the the creator the developer of the app you know what happened he wants to confess, but he's confessing that he killed his wife because he looked down at his phone and the car hit them head on. Luckily, I guess the driver that hit him, well, they crashed with was drunk, had been drinking. Hmm. So they got off and the blame was put on the drunk driver, but it was actually him who looked down. If If he had not looked down, he would have probably seen the car. And so he's like telling the creator, the creator of the app, this whole story, and that's all he wanted to do, which is tell him this, because he knew the whole time that it was him that killed his wife. And that's it's like a, a really intense conversation that's around. A very interesting, yeah, an interesting premise. I mean, because then, yeah, that goes into that goes into a lot, especially for my frame of mind as far as how how law works and how some people are going to say no victim, no crime. Right. So for the drunk driver, you know, not all, not all drunks are created equal. Right. There's some people that can handle their alcohol a lot better than others. I'm not advocating just CYA. I'm not advocating to, for people to drink and drive. I'm just trying to make a point that the law isn't always, Equal. That's not always uh, indiscriminate. No, that's not the word I'm looking for. It's not always going to. Yeah, it's not equally applied. Right. But with with that in mind, I was going to actually share a quote just to kind of get your thoughts on. It. Speaking of, uh, going back to Melissa, Alyssa Milano and Ted Cruz and their conversation about gun control. And this is a quote by Larry Sharp. He ran for governor of New York. In oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he was on. He's been on Joe. He's been on a few uh, shows. But he's quoted as saying, "So often we accept the loss of freedoms in the name of safety, but we never feel any safer and never get the freedoms back." There it is. So, in light of what we're talking about, and I mean, how would you? 
how would you put like where would you put yourself in, in as far as is security even something that is attainable? Is attainable? Is it something that we can even guarantee at this point? Isn't there something in scripture that talks about that? About script about uh, security? Yeah, those who claim security. There's a there's something about security, and that's like the secret or this dog whistle for something else, and it and it talks about how security is always the precursor to tyranny or something to that effect. Really? And it's it's been looked at and quoted. Are you, are you telling are you telling me that the Bible is speaking more my language there, Gabriel? I think so. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I want to I want to say I've seen. You know, obviously, there's a, a use of of there's these certain words. I know security and something or another. Uh, gosh, I, I feel like I've seen it before, and people have quoted it, or or you know, video commentators have brought this up. Really, hmm. it's uh, security and something is always brought up as a as a means to like essentially take away your rights. Okay. So as soon as you hear. We're going to ensure the safety and security of blah, blah, blah. You know, hey, this is trouble coming. And various, it's, it was a video actually, yeah. I forget where I saw it, but it was various politicians talking about this. Security mm-hmm. and something of the nation. Yeah, because that's something that I've definitely had to have conversations over. With some of my friends, some family, as far as... um my question towards them was can we even guarantee security at this point or what or where who where or when has it ever been claimed and it was correct it was it was a uh, truth i guess if i can put it that way right where security was guaranteed i'm not saying it shouldn't be sought out it shouldn't be valued or it shouldn't be pursued but same time what exactly are we going to have to sacrifice in order to ensure certain securities right because we had mentioned the during the week last week we had mentioned or i had mentioned to you to you or sent you the uh post that i saw of that was it wisconsin-based tech company or software company yeah that was chipping they're starting to chip their employees yeah. for security reasons mm-hmm. for and Entry into uh, high level, high level security, security uh, buildings. I mean, that's interesting because if if it's already out there, I, it's funny. I actually used uh, actually used YouTube, the number two search engine, and a whole mess of videos popped up that I wasn't expecting, and I was you're a little a little surprised, taken a, little, a little shook that yeah, there were so many search results for RFID chips or RFID implanted chips, I should say. But I mean they make what would you find? I mean there was there was a ton for I th- think the majority of them were had they had to do with with uh corporations or businesses mm-hmm. whether it's uh high level security or uh tech like software developers I guess that's one of their trends. Because I know... I forget the name of the company. I know there's a commercial out there, too, for... Gosh, I can't remember the name of it. 
It might be a payroll, payroll-based service. Mm-hmm. But it's all, all the the positive IDing that's done through the app or through that system, that program, is the retina scan. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so there's that. I mean, yeah, where, where where do we draw the line? I guess right, essentially between privacy or security. I mean, that's just something that. So here it is. For when they say peace and safety, security, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. First Theologians chapter 5 verse 3. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape is NIV. First Thessalonians five three. Yep. Oh yeah, you're right. But concerning the time, this is verse one. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. You are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Let all things hold fast what is good. Obtain, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Sorry, I had to read the whole chapter just to kind of get a better context frame for the whole thing. I'm sure I heard that. I don't know why this is like really sticking out like a sore thumb now. Thank you, Gabriel. You know, I do my <laughs> research. See, those are the things that I, I've I've come across just wow. from 
you know, things that I've been looking into and peace and safety. And you see it a lot, you know, we're going to ensure the peace and safety of blah, 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 blah. And it's like kind of like a code word. Buzzwords. Buzzwords to kind of codify this tyrannical policies around like like, uh, the Patriot Act. I think they use, what's his name, Bush used those words. Exactly, too. It's so funny. Okay, real quick. Are we going to put on the tinfoil hats? Is it okay if we put on the tinfoil let's, hat? Let's put those on right after I, I read this. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Because I talked about prophecy. And I wrote this one down because I wanted to get your uh, your thoughts on this. Sure. So it's Daniel 12.4 and it says, But you, Daniel, shut up these words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. That's the specific verse in that book, but... What is the book and the end of time? What do you mean, what is the book? Yeah, he says, seal the book. Shut these words and seal the book. I'd have to go further. I'd have to deep deep dive. Deep dive. Into the context and what's going on. What's the conversation about beginning and end? Come on, But essentially, Lee. it sounds like, well, just from hearing that, Come it on, sounds... Come on, Lee. You know you got it. It sounds like there is information, or perhaps... Because Daniel other, was the dreamer, right? Yeah, other prophecies that were not to be released or to be made known at that time. And they were specifically designated for a certain time or a certain period in the future. Let me, let me read up to this one, okay? Sure. It says in, do you want King James or NSAB? Uh, for the sake of the audience, I think NASB. Yeah. Now at that time, Michael, the great prince stands guard over the sons of your people will arise. And there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people, everyone who was found written in the book will be rescued. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake, these to everlasting life, but the others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. Those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven, and those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But as for you, Daniel, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Many will go back and forth, and knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked and behold, two others were standing, one on this bank of the river and the other on the bank of the river, on that bank of the river. And one said to the man dressed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, How long will it be until the end of these wonders? I heard the man dressed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, as he raised his right hand and his left toward heaven, and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time times and half a time Hmm. as soon as they finished shattering the power of the holy people all these events will be completed essentially what's it saying you want to keep reading yeah yeah as for me i heard but could not understand so i said my lord what will be the outcome of these events he said go your way daniel for these words are concealed and sealed up until the end time many will many will be purged purified and refined but the wicked will act Mm. wickedly and none of the wicked will understand but those who have insight will understand 
from the time that the regular sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be a thousand two hundred ninety days. How blessed he who keeps waiting and attains to the one thousand three hundred thirty-five days. But as for you, go your way to the end, then you will enter into rest and rise again for your allotted portion at the end of the age. Trip out, eh, is what my family Trip would out. say <laughs> at that point. That is interesting that it's exactly 1,290 days and then 1,335 days. And then it says, will be for a time, times, and a half time. What? So that... That was a lot. Yeah. So, I mean... So within the prophecies of Daniel, there's an understanding or... An application of time being given to what he's talking about as right. far as it being mentioned, the 40 weeks of Daniel. I don't know if... I'm, I'm not having any... No. Okay, so I'm, essentially... I'm new here. <laughs> I'm in the new guy. I'm the new guy. So, like, I mean, it's a lot to unpack, but I'm going to try my best. I'm not a... But do, does this make sense as to why you were saying, like, let's put the tinfoil hat on? This, is like, yeah. this to me is like tinfoil hat stuff. Right. I mean, I wasn't looking at it towards prophecy, but it definitely applies. I was thinking more towards um, the growing voice or growing, I don't even know what to say, describe, how to describe it, but a growing movement. Yeah. Okay. Growing movement towards, again, what I just mentioned with, the quote by Larry Sharp and others that Once, Kyle yeah. from from the Parkland shooting. Yeah. Just other people that are advocating for the freedoms that we still have. The constitutional liberties, constitutional rights. I mean, for God's sake, people in Hong Kong are waving... American flags. American flags and shouting and chanting USA and singing the anthem. And they're other... holding signs that say we need the Second Amendment. Yeah. Um, there's actually memes. I might have sent it to you, maybe not. But there's memes of them protesting, holding the American flag with with the f- caption that says, be the American that Hong Kong thinks you are. With their rebellion, with their... Having to fight an oppressive government. Uh, it's actually, when you think about it, I know it's a totally different era, but in the same light of the Chinese government with the the Tank Man. I don't know if you remember the whole incident with Tiananmen Square. Yes, and how I love that song, System of Down. Yeah, no, but <laughs> sorry, I always think of that song. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you're. <laughs> I get distracted. Very it's okay, easily. we distract each other. <laughs> No, but just that, I remember, what was, what was I looking at? Oh, because there was a uh, an artist's picture or painting uh, essentially making fun of the Second Amendment advocates where there's a tank in front of a couple and it looks like the husband or the dad is holding an AR-15. Mm-hmm. And then there's a quote in there that says... Oh, you mean an assault rifle? Or an assault rifle, <laughs> long rifle. No, but the, essentially the quote that said, well, "But it's not technically AR is not assault rifle." Sorry, I was making. Well, it. assault, yeah. For those not in the know, assault rifle, it's not. 
semi. It's not really a thing. Yeah. It's not really you're not really saying anything when you say assault rifle. It's But but they say AR fifteen is assault rifle. Isn't assault right, right. Where it's, it's not at all it's, what that means. Yeah, AR is short for the original manufacturer yeah. of the rifle. Sorry, again, distraction. Armory, I yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but so going back <laughs> going back to the picture or the painting it was of a tank in front of a couple, and the couple's holding a rifle. And essentially the painting is mocking gun advocates because it says, what is your AR rifle going to do against a tank? And then the next slide, I believe it was the Tenement Square incident where the man that was in front of the tank, that wasn't getting out of the way of the tank, was unarmed. He's protesting, obviously. Uh, but essentially, it, the whole point of the post was how impactful that type of imagery can be, or when it's used in in that light of protesting, in the light of rebelling or revolting against an oppressive government. Um, there's there's definitely something to it. We were, we can't just dismiss it as like, oh yeah, these. These dumb people, what are they going to do when, you know, this takes place? Because a lot of the gun community or a lot of the, um, I guess, constitutional-minded people, when I say constitutional-minded, I'm referring to people that respect or uphold to the Bill of Rights. Right. Everything included within the Bill of Rights. And there is a belief or there's a viewpoint that, the Bill of Rights are non-negotiable. That even though they're called the Bill of Rights, essentially, they're viewed as liberties. And the difference between a right and a liberty is that liberties can't be taken away, whereas a right could be adjusted or it can be questioned. It can be you know put through the ringer, but and that the government is is the entity that provides you those rights. Versus that upholds your rights. Upholds correct. your rights. That's what that's the role right. of government. The role of the government that the framers or the founding fathers had in mind when they put together the constitution. The intent was to limit the government or to explain the limitations or to document the role of government and the limitations, the rules that the government had to abide by. Mm -hmm. So, in essence, yes, the Constitution is for the people, but in practical terms, it's supposed to it's supposed to keep the government at bay, so to speak. Because I, I know we mentioned that a while ago regarding the Declaration of Independence and how the things that Thomas Jefferson wrote in them were essentially... One portion of it is essentially him saying that the it's the right of the people to correct the government. Once yeah. the government is far removed from the original intentions or the intentions of the Constitution, then it's the right of the people to essentially hit the reset button and overthrow, overthrow the government. That's the best way I can put it. I know there's more to it than that. but Well, then... Uh... What was it? I think it was uh, Glenn Beck. I forget. But I forget. I've listened to too many things, I think. <laughs> it's all in there somewhere. 
Someone mentioned that the point of Constitution Bill of Rights, I forget which document exactly, was explicitly explicitly speaking to the federal government or about okay. federalism. Versus, yeah. So the 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 point of it was to in a sense direct what the 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 role of the federal government is. Okay. And then now the conversation is about the electoral college, right. which is the state uh, representation to the federal government. Yes. And broke it down to the point of state-based. And you made this argument about should Texas be its own country and California be its own country because we all can rally around what our state issues are because we're more localized. We're, we're a lot better equipped to address those issues. Geographically, everything else, right? Right. We, we can... Our, our representatives in government can better represent the people of that state, essentially. Yeah. And that's the whole point of Electoral College is that they're letting the federal government know what the state wants and its rights and everything else. Correct. Or, yeah, it's it's its needs are, essentially. And that was the whole point of the Bill of Rights or, or the Constitution, I believe. It was specifically talking about that split and you know what the role of the federal government is versus the state government and i think that's important to point out and i think i didn't even really know that of course there's a lot to that and there's mm-hmm. more to learn and there's the federalist papers and everything else right but that's what you're basically getting at yes and i know people will challenge the constitution People like uh, Lysander Spooner. I don't know if you've ever heard no, of that. No, I've never heard of that. He Person. was a, I believe he was an author from the 1800s. And his whole perspective on government, the role of government or even the Constitution was that he, he his claim to fame was him saying, I never consented to the Constitution. So the the, the rules therein, the the agreements, the rules and regulations, the laws, he was quoted as saying, I've never consented to the Constitution. So he's, so he's saying, how could that apply to me? It's like, um, oh gosh, what's that philosophical argument about the veil? There's this philosophical argument about this veil, um, and then basically you take the veil away, and then people have to agree to the Mm-hmm. the norms mm-hmm. of that society and i think that's kind of his his argument is that he right. had the veil and all of a sudden it's like here you go you're put into this society and these are the norms and rules essentially right that we're all abiding by i think again i could, I be, could be wrong yeah i could be wrong too with one about we're both wrong <laughs> so does that make us right <laughs> two two negatives make it positive <laughs> no with the i think with the point with lysander spooner was why should we just consent to the government being a moral agent just on the basis of the government having i can see that uh some type of authority or yeah. some type of right they're practicing law and order they're practicing justice but at the same time the the idea follow or the idea comes into question of well how do we know the government is correct how, who's policing the police essentially that's one. That's another way to 
another way to put it. Because even uh, Michael Malice, if you go back to Michael Malice. Well, I would, just, I would interject at that point, God would be. Would he? Because there is morality in every man's and woman's decision. Meaning as they operate in that government or in that society, whether they believe or not, there is still a moral code that we're all abiding by. There has to be a hierarchy. There's a hierarchy, yeah. And Right. Because right, then this is where, as far as the current Christian climate, Christian perspective of the application of Romans 13. Where Paul is discussing. Yep, I know exactly. Yep, word for word. Nope, I don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know it. Do word. you remember the whole controversy with. Uh, dude, I don't remember his name now. He yeah, was yeah, the yeah. AG. Huh? We called him the Keebler Elf. What are you talking about? The Attorney Romans? General? No, no, no. The Attorney, oh. Gen- the attorney General. The previous. Michael attorney- Flynn? No. Michael Flynn was the, the Jenner, General <laughs> for some security defense. Uh, attorney General. He looked um, like the Keebler Elf. Kami. No, Comey? Not, no, not Comey was the FBI director. Gosh, he sounds so ignorant. Dude, what was his name? Attorney General, huh? He he just stepped down not too long ago, but no. he was the one that was pushing Ronstein. No, he was the one that was pushing uh... Moses. No, dang it, fifty percent. It's gonna bug me, but he was the one that was pushing for. Tougher marijuana laws, federal federal marijuana laws. Yes. Okay. He's from um, Alabama. Yeah, he's got a funny accent. Yes, he does. Amen. Oh, so so he, he, I remember him mentioning. Oh my God. To Christians. Yes. And he's and he's brought up Romans thirteen, and how how dare he? <laughs> you know what? He Pete should talk to him and let him know what's right and wrong. Pete uh, Buttigieg? Yeah. What's his, what's his name? Why does he hate so much on Christians when he claims to be? I think because he knows that other groups would retaliate. Christian privilege? I'm not going to mention which groups would retaliate violently, but I'm sure there's other groups that would retaliate violently if he were to say negative things about them. These groups who... <laughs> are you talking about the groups... I'm not going to mention any names, no. but you guys, you guys can use your imaginations as far as... Oh... Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions, yes! thank you. Yay. I win. What do I win? Uh, high five. That's a high five <laughs> sound. So I, Romans? Romans 13. Is that in the, yes it is in the New Testament. Woo! You Look wanna, at that. You want to go through it or you want me to go through it? You read it, boy. Okay. NKJV or? You read it however you preference? want. I'm going to read it. All right. NKJV, people. Verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. There is no authority except from God. And whoa, whoa, whoa. You're reading in a different language. I'm reading King James. Uh, you want to switch out of that? I can do King James, but I just think it's harder. I like it. You like it, but I know the audience might have a... I like... Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. And I know there's going to be an audience that has an issue with... that are people that are people that are KJV only. There are people that just test KJV because they don't want to hear Shakespeare. What? Yeah, Shakespeare is the ultimate rapper. Isn't he? I thought it was Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss is a great rapper as well. Not a doctor. His album's coming out but next year. He's a rapper. So, uh, Romans... <laughs> Distractions. <laughs> Romans 13, verse 1. Do the... the What is it? OCD people are probably going nuts. See, here's the thing. Fun fact. 
Side note. Can you be an OCD person and listen to our podcast? That's the thing. I'm, I would consider myself in certain aspects of my life OCD. You're on the spectrum? My cousin says I have Asperger's. <laughs> ass and burgers. She says I have ass and burgers. How dare you? No, Asperger's. Because she watched this show. Cartman? South Park? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that episode? Which one? I, that's the sad thing about me. Let's just say that also. <laughs> I don't know that much South Park and I don't know that much Simpsons? Family Guy or Simpsons. Okay, then never mind. I'm like totally uneducated. You <laughs> okay. know what I mean? I went to a public school. What can I say? <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> I was publicly, publicly educated. Publicly I'm sorry. Educated. Come on. I was barred. Sorry, you were saying? No, you were saying. What was I saying? Romans. Romans 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Chime in if you need to, Gabe, if you need to cut me That's, off. Yeah. I knew this without even knowing it. Okay. Isn't that beautiful? It's like it's almost like it's we know it innately. <laughs> Whatever. Verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Whoa, whoa, you're talking about Marvel Universe Avengers here? Kind that of, was a total joke, kind but of, I don't know. I guess. I just like that word Avenger. Therefore, you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No taxation, what well, representation, bro. Right, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. For they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due taxes, to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Mm -hmm. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry or drunkenness. Not in, in, is it and not drunkenness? Not in revelry and drunkenness? And drunk. What did I say? Sorry. It's okay. Not in lewdness or lust, or and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. We should just read this like every day. Like there should be a Rosie. Trump should read this to the nation. Can you imagine? Oh. People will go crazy, but this is awesome. You kidding me? So, so under is, that, this is beautiful. So under that premise, Jeff Sessions was essentially speaking oh, sorry, out yeah. against marijuana. How? 
You're going to say it right now, huh? Because federally, it's still recognized as an illegal substance. I feel like this is a stretch. But the state, we're talking about, remember, we're going oh, yeah, to federal, yeah, we're talking about the federal yeah. and state. States such as uh, California, Oregon, Colorado, Washington. Uh, I know there's five or six right now total. Uh, yeah, there may be. Nevada, I think, is another one. Um, it might be, yeah. But essentially, the the state recognizes it for recreational use or medical use. But federally speaking, it's not. It's still not considered legal. So. Agencies like uh, the ATF, FBI could potentially get involved with marijuana dispensaries. Um, I don't know if you've seen news articles or have read how a lot of these dispensaries, they a lot of them are strictly on a cash basis only. Right. And that's because I forget how the banking system works, but because of the federal laws, Whoa, they the big can't. Banks? Yeah, they can't. There's certain transactions that can't take, can't, can't take uh, form, or they can't can't be on the books essentially. Use. Right. So there's, there's a lot of problems that intersect, and that they. How did he go from Romans 13 to that? Again, because he's saying if you're a Christian, I don't like that. Recognizing Romans 13 would mean you respect the law completely and entirely, without question or without debate. Without uh, rationale. So again, this is remember how we were saying how we take one verse or we take oh, one yeah, section he... of the Bible, and we'd like to run with it. So, I mean, in there, I mean, you you saw or you heard where it's talking about um, essentially standing up against evil or recognizing evil for what it is, because in order to have in order to have Romans 13, we can't ignore Romans 12. And in Romans 12, right before that, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So in that light, for me anyway, mind frame, yes, there is a, a, an idea or notion that the laws are to be respected, the laws are to be observed, but at the same time, and this is where a lot of uh, police brutality advocates or voices, maybe not Black Lives Matter, but there's others that would recognize what he just said there in, reverse, in uh, Romans 12, about searching for the good, mm-hmm. recognizing good, allowing your mind to be renewed with, yes, we are to uphold, like we're going back to laws being moral, but at the same time, we're not to be ignorant of the fact that people are still corrupt. People can still, you know, take power, take authority, and completely run with it if powers go unchecked or if um, as we've seen in I think last time we were mentioning Venezuela and how things have gone amok and this is just 
a part of history repeating itself with um, Nazi Germany, with uh, communist Russia, where once the state takes enough power away from the people or enough rights and they confiscate guns or they get their hands on um, the army, so to speak, then a lot of bad things happen after that because power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I'm sure you've heard that. Yeah, just like absolute vodka. (laughs) No, not vodka. No? Oh. (laughs) Absolute vodka. Vodka, absolutely. No, not, I mean, kind of, but no. That was a bad... I was hoping there was some joke in there, but I apologize. I apologize. The dad jokes came out. So okay, but that was such a better verse for what we need to hear about what's happening. Which verse in our day and age, Roman thirteen? I thought. Come again. Yeah. It said in here. Um. Like, oh, no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves an- another has fulfilled the law. Has mm-hmm. fulfilled the law. Right. Love, do- love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this knowing the time. Knowing the time, like, it's what? What's going eight on? Of, eight oh five. What's going on? Yeah, basically yeah. what's going on, right? Our day and age is what they would say. And that now it is high time to... Awake out of sleep. The red pill. Don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. You know, open your eyes to what's, what's going, going on. on. Mm-hmm. For now is for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. I thought those three sentences really for me is a much needed message. For who? For our nation. Everybody? Everybody. Including Jeff Sessions. This guy. <laughs> Who's this guy? You know? Yeah. He's tired. You know, he, he's he's tired. So he got retired. <laughs> when he retired. <laughs> that was so dumb. But. That joke number two. The point being. Is that I think. He forgot one key piece in here. Is that. Roman lettuce is equivalent to marijuana. So how dare he Roman use Roman lettuce? Did they have... I'm assuming they did. Somebody had... Sorry, that was a bad joke again. Somebody had lettuce back then. Roman lettuce? Because it came... I, I think I talked to you about it before. It came from... Originated in India? Lettuce? Ganja? Ganja? Yeah. It came from hemp. No, no, but oh, originally... No. Weed came from... India. India? I thought so. Whoa, bro. But this is going back. Are you high right now? I'm not high But I know it goes back. Back, back. Yeah. Well, it for sure grows wild. Yeah. Uh, When we were in Mexico, there was wild weed plants. Not like anything crazy, but there was... You could smell the plant. There was enough? There was enough to get a scent. Enough to notice? You know what I'm saying? Uh... No, I just I think that that love fulfills the 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 law. Love does no harm to its neighbors. Yeah, love does no harm. I think that we we you know what's her name the is she still even running 
Marie Marianne Williamson or something like that. Yeah, Marianne Williamson. You know, she talks about the dark forces and we need to, you know, spread love and all that. I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about right now. There are these entities and these these what is it? Evil that I talked about in here, right? But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to... Who is he again? Talking no. about the, thor- yeah, talking the, about the authorities, right? right. So it, it's what she was saying. She's not wrong in that sense, mm. even though it was not the greatest platform to be speaking about these things, running for president. Right. And that... For me, anyway, that what you're mentioning in Romans 13, so that has to be plus the commandments, right? Essentially, that has to be has to coincide, or it has to be reconciled with the rest of Scripture, the rest of the Absolutely. Bible. Absolutely. Okay. So for me, one of them would be in Acts five. Yeah, Acts five twenty nine, where it says, or this is where Peter and the disciples were addressing the. Sanhedrin of the council. But Peter and other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. men. Yeah. And they were essentially told to stop preaching Christ, stop preaching the gospel. And that was their, that was their response to the authorities at the time. The authorities were telling them not to preach? The, religi- the yeah, religious authorities at the, the religious, time. Religious authorities. Yeah. They had some political power, some political positions albeit small, small level, but they did have the authority to put him away in jail, to have him killed. Right. As we saw with Jesus, he was killed um, via an office, of a religious office that was recognized or appointed by the Roman Empire. So... And quick, quick note. Yeah. Eric Wein... Weinstein? Stein had on a... Uh, Jewish rabbi, rabbi, mm-hmm. not a Jewish rabbi, but a rabbi. Okay. And he talked about how because Christianity was developed in within Jew Judaism, yeah, or outside or during the the, the Roman oh sorry empire, yeah, because there are already laws of the state, it was separated from, which is why we got a separation of church and state. Right, there is, is a, a, a no. There is that perspective of the essentially the separation of church and state is to give the the church a platform or to give a church its own place where the state is not interfering with the church. Because now nowadays, right, we understand or we apply it where the church shouldn't influence the state, but it origin originally sprung from the idea that the state does not interfere with the church. Right. And yeah, basically that. It's it's this separation not that you can't use religious principles to influence your politics because I think well because we we did in our case in right. the United States it it did. It influence. absolutely did. There's no denying that, yeah. right? Right. Whereas the what is it in the Constitution? There is no established religion, no established state. There's no official official church, right? right? Yeah, but there are religious principles 
these axioms that we all abide by essentially mm-hmm. but whereas the laws i mean these are laws that it talked about you know don't murder and steal and lie which what do we do in court we i will tell the truth the whole truth nothing but the truth mm-hmm. i mean where do we obviously we get it from here right and it's like is it okay and it's funny because people don't like when you lie to them right because we have fact you know what is it the news now says uh fact checkers fact checkers it's like democracy dies in darkness there's obviously this argument for truth and for you know they don't like when he lies or whatever else trump and it's like okay well we don't either you know don't lie i think we all agree on that point but it's like you also need to tell the truth too if you're claiming to be this moral standard of all truth really quick i don't want to get off topic too much am i rambling have you heard of the no no as is, you've mentioned democracy, and have you heard of the saying that democracy is two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for dinner? <laughs> no. No. Okay. No. Do you mean you explore that the Beyond Burger? No, 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 no. Oh. That. But essentially, how democracy isn't a well, technically speaking, we're a republic, correct? US? We're supposed to be a constitutional republic. A constitutional republic. Right. But democracy is... There's an application of democracy due to... Representation. A re- represented elected officials, right. So now, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound ignorant here. What is a constitutional republic? How would you... Essentially, the law is the supreme authority of the land. Land of the law. The laws of the land. Laws of the land. But essentially, the law can't be tampered with. The law can't be bend. Can't bend. It can't compromise. However, there is the Supreme Court, which can interpret the law. Which interprets the law based on the case that it's right viewing that law through. Right, but then again, again, this goes back to what mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier about. There needs to be some form of protectionism because eventually you're going to run into a corrupt official, a corrupt servant, a corrupt person with authority that has the means or the influence and power and correct money. and Which is why I, my personal opinion is that public officials and servants should have should live up to a higher standard in terms of the law, in terms of uh, penalties, um, punishments, what have you. What do you mean? So, for example, when a public servant who is, who does have a position of authority, when they're caught in a crime or breaking the law, it's just my personal opinion that they should be held to a higher standard so that when it does take place, when it does happen, there are certain safeguards or what have you that would, I think, better influence them or better keep them at bay. If it's extortion, if it's bribery, if it's whatever, whatever you want to apply to it. This is my personal opinion that all in all, public officials, public servants... 
should be held to a higher standard because they are an authority figure because right. they are they're they're playing that role essential it's that very essential role within a civilization within a culture within a society. and their responsibility is to up, uphold the constitution right and in virtue of breaking that covenant mm-hmm. agreement yeah agreement they are should they should have have they should have the understanding of what is right and wrong or at least they should hold the constitution to a higher standard a higher, than themselves to a higher respect to a higher standard right they should they need to value the constitution because like you were saying you were saying earlier how politics is downstream from culture so essentially a constitutional republic would not be as influenced by culture it wouldn't be as uh, molded mm-hmm. I guess by culture well, not that it can't it's just that there are certain principles certain values that can't be distorted they can't be tampered with because again, the law is the supreme ruler of the land. It's not the executive branch. It's not the legislative branch. It's not the judicial branch, right? That's kind of the point too. A lot of people have their concerns with um, executive orders, for right. example, where the executive branch is looked at, executive office is looked at as becoming more and more tyrannical because their powers keep being extended their their spectrum or their, their grasp of authority with with every president i believe it started with bush junior i think he was the one that after 911 he he broke i don't know i guess he yeah he broke the record he set the record for the most executive orders ever done by a president and then obama came in and then he broke that record or he set that standard, and so now I believe Trump is in the same trend. I think I might be mistaken on that, but I think he might be under. So, well, he's only, yeah, he's only in his first term, right? That maybe that's why. Mm, his first trimester, yeah. Something. Like what does that. he do? <laughs> that joke. Isn't that a good one? Come on, a little bit. What's they, he giving birth to? They more? want to abort him. Uh, okay, so anyways, moving on from that. Kathy Griffin? <laughs> Kathy Griffin. Just do it! Remember that? On her show? Sure, her show got canceled, by the way. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Zinger. Uh, well, well, some some news paper got uh, cut recently, too, actually. Some progressive news outlet. Because of something they published? They were underwater. They were just financially uh-huh. unstable. In the red. Don't be in the red, bro. So, what we're talking about here is, essentially speaking, there is the law. Now, the same way there is creation, hear me out. Because there is law, that means there must be a lawgiver. And if there is creation, there must be a creator. Right. You could reason... Within reason, you can come to that conclusion, correct? In other words, there is 
a cause and effect, yeah. if you will. And I had been seeing on Twitter recently Eric Metaxas, his PragerU video about how science proves God. Mm-hmm. And Gadsad said, no, it doesn't. Eric Weinstein said, no, just straight no. Okay. They're atheists, agnostic, mm-hmm. what have you. I'm going to have to send you a video. There's a astrophysicist, a Jewish astrophysicist, practicing Jewish astrophysicist, that essentially correlates the laws of nature with the character of God. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to send it to you, but essentially, yeah. he's. But he didn't. But he didn't? Like you meant to send it to me? Like, but oh, he, but he no, 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 no. It just came to mind because of the conversation. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, never mind. I take but, it back. <laughs> but yeah, essentially studying uh, the laws of nature that they represent, in turn, they represent the character of God or the nature of God, so to speak. Literally the nature of nature of God. Yeah. What? Mother nature? Mm, I think that's more Mother Earth. Oh, Mother Earth. Something to that, something to that effect. Okay, so basically, what I'm saying here is, what it is is, what it is, it is, is that what the law is. It's an internal voice. Voice, exactly. That's a good way of putting it. Right. It's an internal voice of the lawgiver internal, of the creator. Internal understanding. It is Moses coming from Mount Sinai and what is it? Verbally or explicitly communicating the laws that we have practiced without knowing explicitly mm-hmm. prior to it being written down on the ten on the on the tablets, which we read just now about You know, don't kill, steal, lie, and all that. Is it safe to say that these are natural laws? Well... That are separate from man, but that are written on man's heart. Is that how you say it? How it's said? Right. So, okay. So then you're opening up a different door for me, which is fine. Come on in. It's pretty nice in here. So... (laughs) You want some Kool-Aid? So remember in Romans, oh yeah, sorry okay anyways. <laughs> Romans thirteen, and I, you mentioned Marianne Williamson. Mm-hmm, yep, describing or talking about love, and how in Romans thirteen at the very end towards the end it says how uh, love is the fulfillment of the law, so it's loving your neighbor as yourself, and that's how Jesus sums it up too when they ask him what's the most important law. What was the most important commandment? And he says to love the Lord your God. And the next one is like it, similar to that one. It's love your neighbor as yourself. So this is essentially how it became more liberty-minded or mm-hmm. liberta- or libertarian, having the libertarian political view. is because within the principles of libertarianism is the non-aggression principle, or they call it the NAP. And... <laughs> For sure, yeah, the nap. Uh, essentially, the, it's the belief that all 
interaction or all human um, agreements should be voluntary. I know how we had studied about giving should be voluntary or you know praise should be voluntary in, in the light of sacrifice sacrifice or Christianity or um, Christian practice, right? Uh, it says that God loves a cheerful giver. So you're only going to do that. You're going to do some. You're only. You can only be enthusiastic about something if it's coming from a genuine place of. Um, yeah, it's if it's coming from a genuine right. place. So yeah. So within that mind frame, that political view of of libertarianism, that's one of the key components of the political, or I guess the application of law or the application of. Politics, it's the understanding, it's the respect of individual rights. It's recognition of individual freedoms. So that was, I had mentioned before, previously, how 2016, with the political climate, what was going on, and me attempting to personify political, I'm sorry, biblical truths into the political arena or the atmosphere at the time with the 2016 election. And so that's one of the things that I had discovered in that process was uh, the non-aggression principle and that in order to compel somebody to obey a law or to follow through with the law with, with, uh, with the threat of violent force or violent removal, mm-hmm. to me, to me, how I equated it was okay. That's not love. That wouldn't be love. So, in respects to the person, or in respects to their rights, again, going back to the whole church and state thing, where you, if there's a different church, different religious view, I don't have to agree with them. But in order to live in a civil society harmoniously, or in harmony, I love that word too. E harmony, uh, don't do that though. There would there would have to be a, a level of respect, acknowledgement, recognition of the difference of opinion. Whereas autonomy of yeah, where where the the thought is again, love your neighbor as yourself. The application is right. They can worship or they can believe. Believe any way they want, as long as it doesn't violate me or my rights or my my viewpoint. You know, as far as as far as they're concerned, if long as they're not harming anybody with their practice, their beliefs, then it's like the gold. Fine. The gold principle is that what it's the golden called? rule. The golden rule: treat others as you would like to be treated. Correct. Which is love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Meaning. If you, in Peterson's terms, were to treat yourself as though you're responsible for taking care of, mm-hmm. and if you are someone who is of the belief that you have the image of God, the divine, the divine spark, creative, the the creative capacity. No, I said that wrong. I just wanted to read this real quick. Yeah, Creative right. capacity of the, individu- of the individual. It is important to treat that person, the neighbor, which is essentially 
it's not literal. I don't think they're literally saying a neighbor, neighbor, mm. but just the your countrymen, you, yeah, yeah, as essentially equal to as you would yourself, right? Essentially, in a sense, right? I said that twice. Going back to because it's very central. <laughs> going back to our conversation in Romans in Romans thirteen about Jeff Sessions, where for me personally. Right, my understanding or my application of individual rights within the mind frame of marijuana laws or marijuana use, if I'm looking at it from that perspective as far as the nap or loving your neighbor as yourself, uh, essentially, just because I don't smoke weed on my own doesn't mean that I'm going to put this belief within and apply my standards, my beliefs towards somebody else. Now, granted, it changes a little bit because once that person is violating someone else's rights or their safety, then yes, there's you would create a problem. Yeah. But to say or to think or the application like we were saying with Jeff Sessions is you're going to be thrown into a, a cage because you have this plant. I I just don't see the justice behind that. I don't see the the righteousness, so to speak. Yeah. Because again, you're violating someone else's liberty. You're violating someone else's individual right, whether or not I agree or disagree. The matter of the the fact of the matter is that they're not actively hurting somebody. They're not in pursuit of hurting somebody else. I mean, we can get into um, use of cannabis versus opioids. That's a totally different discussion. But just from that aspect, the application of the nap, the application of loving your neighbor as yourself, or the respect of individual rights, there has to be a recognition there of, right, in order to live harmoniously with somebody else, you do have to come to a respect to how they want to live their lives. Which is exactly my point when I say that people tend to forget that everyone around them, including themselves, are going to make decisions. We may not agree with those decisions, but they will, and they have the the capacity to do so and we have to respect that person's decision making or rather we should respect that person's decisions in a sense let me say it a different way we have to understand that a person is going to make their own decisions if we're if we're treating everybody like an adult if we're treating everyone as an adult we cannot we can have opinions about it but at the end of the day we can't control that person's their decision making. That's not love. Yeah, we can't control that person you can't, to choose what we want them to choose. You're not going to be in a loving relationship where right. you want to control the other person. That's right. not. That's not. There's nothing voluntary about that. There's nothing loving. There's nothing forgiving. There's nothing. It's like this extreme version of freedom, and how I'm viewing this. Well, it's convers- fixed, the, the way I see it. The way I see a lot of people on the left and the right. Their pursuits are fake freedom. They're pursuing. Ooh. They're pursuing a illegitimate. Hashtag fake freedom. <laughs> they're pursuing. Put a, that on Twitter. 
It's number one training tomorrow morning. Go ahead. No, their their application of rights or laws or what have you would, as far as I'm concerned, it's a counterfeit pursuit or counterfeit uh, freedom, counterfeit liberty. It's yeah, essentially it's fake, like fake news. It's essentially fake, fake freedom. Because they don't. I don't know if the word respect is the right word, but they don't take into consideration, right? This is, okay, this is what I'm trying to say. Sorry, it's it's clear in my mind. What we tend to forget is that individuals are going to make their decisions, their individual decisions each and every day at any moment of their life. Whether they're, they're right or wrong in our eyes doesn't matter. Now, it is not up to government especially to decide what that person should be doing and not doing it's not the government's role to protect it's not, me yes. from myself right it's the government's role to protect you from others or others from you right in some forms or some light in, yeah. in some ways it's not guaranteed it's not guaranteed earlier and at the same time i think we get upset when we don't see things going the way we want them to be going. My team's not winning. Right? right? And we see the result of the decisions that people have made. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's always my argument because I think about a conversation I had and it was based around homelessness and how this person or rather oh okay okay so it was it's it's around this the 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 conversation was based around affordable housing and how it's so expensive to live here or you know where it's expensive to live right okay is it is it the right of that person to have affordable housing essentially i guess is the argument is it the role of the government to be able to provide that affordable housing mm. and my point, and not necessarily a counterpoint, but a bigger conversation, I think, in my mind, or in my in my view, is what is that person's decision-making been when it comes to their finances? Or also, and or, is what access, if you want to use that word, or what education do they have around finances? They might be financially illiterate. They might be financially illiterate, thus not having the ability to make better decisions around their finances. Not that we're gonna have to, not that we need to control what they're doing with their money, but hopefully we can enlighten them to be able to make better decisions. And maybe the affordable housing and and, and the housing crisis it wouldn't be such wouldn't be at such a crisis level if we did a better job of providing better financial literacy to the populace. But there's, I mean, at the end of the day, they're still going to do what they're going to do, but we can still make that attempt to put that information into their hands to be used as tools versus us trying to create a solution to a byproduct of a deeper problem. Right, because... Did you follow me there? I did. But but see then for me then it begs to question 
are we going to compel the government to go about educating people? Or is that something from a capitalistic standpoint, is that something that the market can take care of? There's a need for that, obviously. So how can we go about it in a way where people are voluntarily seeking something like that out? You mentioned about having the right to affordable housing. I mean, that's there's a lot to unpack there. Or access, I think. It's, or access. Yeah. But essentially, that would fall into that would fall under the pursuit of happiness. So your pursuit of affordable housing, that's not being violated. Essentially, if you can't afford to live in Southern California because of the housing market, you have other opportunities. You have other avenues to relocate, to move elsewhere, you know, maybe right outside of that area, that land area. But essentially, you're, you don't have anything, and there's no law preventing you from moving from one place to another. It's not cheap, you know, it can be very expensive, but again, that the notion of we we've touched a little bit about that in the past about education being a human right or um, health insurance being a human right or what have you where the idea is again flying in the face of the pursuit of happiness versus you know what what is it what is it that we're gonna have the constitution uphold. Right. What what is it that we're gonna we're gonna value? And I, I mean that that goes into so many different things too with equality and right social justice and I mean yeah that So okay, talking about that when we think about the Matthew principle or rather the Matthew verse that mm-hmm. says for those who have more be given and those who have mm, those, those who, who don't lack. have those, those, who lack. those who lack more will be taken right and then you think about the jubilee year of jubilee year of jubilee about you know you you leave the land to itself um or is it what does it say about you leave the rest to the widows and the orphans during the harvest, yeah. During you, harvest, you would allow the the poor essentially to harvest their own. They have to work for their own food, right? That so you their, you wouldn't be greedy with what you have. You would leave the. You would give opportunity for others to right to glean from to fend for themselves, yeah. not fend for themselves, but to take of to take, take care, care of, of themselves, themselves in yeah. a sense. And then you think about the year of jubilee, about how all debt is wiped out. Forgiven. Forgiven. Forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And the servants? Slaves. The slaves go back to... You go back to square, to zero. To zero. So that sounds pretty fair, in a sense. Because the system, if you will... Right. The natural system tends to go into... um, The 1%, if you will. Their form, right, their form of bankruptcy laws took effect as servanthood, slavery. Right. 
for because that was considered monetary monetarily valuable right. essentially your 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 work sweat your equity labor. equity right your labor so now if we think about that in our day and age we talk about student debt debt is slavery debt is slavery yeah that's the connection right you're paying your debt and now we think about student loan debt and how we are essentially working to pay off that debt which is given out by the government if you are getting your federal loans from the government right so how 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 is there justice served there i guess if you will this is kind of a weird question i don't know for student debt for student debt and 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 is it the right of the government or is it fair of the government to do this to you know young citizens of this great nation no but i think there is an argument there though i think it is well no okay let me now well, let, let me go back to I my argument should not the parents persuade their children not to take these loans on like for me for instance it would have been great if i would have known what the heck i was getting into before deciding to do this student loans so you're applying the whole the whole notion of predatory predatory loans in the student loan market essentially right okay so my my counter argument to that would be and this i guess this will only speak towards the state university level where essentially it's run by the government right okay so wouldn't wouldn't we be able to do away with do away with high tuition rates within the public school system for universities essentially wouldn't that kind of fix it the free universities not necessarily free universities but i i mean more affordable a more affordable system in so, other words, like so the similar to affordable housing. In other words, the government is the one behind the loans, and it's also behind the one behind the tuition rates. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add up. Essentially, it makes sense for USC to charge whatever they want because they're not essentially they're not funded or they're not controlled by the government. Right, they're not being run by government. Officials are not the employees of the government, whereas yeah. UCLA, technically, they're, they're a state school. Yeah. So that's my point. Is my point? That's my point. How is it that the government is, in some cases, the government is in charge of the federal funding for loans, but they're also the ones in charge of the school system? Can't they just do away with having, having a high having their operation for for their schools to be so high because they're the ones having to deal with the right the professors they're the ones having to deal with all those costs they have a say in my in other words they have a say in but what i'm saying is they have a say in both on both sides they do yeah so again usc makes complete sense to me for chapman they make private right they can charge whatever they want there's no cost caps so there's no you know limitation to whatever they want to charge you but wouldn't it make sense for the public universities to have some form of cost effectiveness 
It would. You're right. But like you're saying, yeah, the, I guess the parents could, in a way, have a voice or have a say in their... Or the schools or the community, right. you know? It's like how, you know, I think it's just... This is me just complaining at this point, but... <laughs> You know, we're so stifled. We don't and do it, that. We don't do that on this podcast. We don't, we don't complain. <laughs> no, but I think it, it, it's it's important. Well, here's the other point. Or here's the other, the flip side of that, though, is, you know, I, I've, at this point, educated myself. My wife and I have gone through Financial Peace University mm-hmm. and are aggressively, as, as aggressive as we can, getting rid of our debt. To become debt free. So, would I be so motivated to go through that class otherwise? That's my okay. My my follow up question or my follow up to that is who who or what was the strongest voice that was pushing you towards? She was going to school. Oh, going, going to school. Going to school. Oh no no no. Um, somebody's telling these kids to go to university and not to go to trade schools, right? Where does that come from? I have no idea. Isn't it the school system? The school system. It's the same government that we're talking about. That's in charge of the loans. That's in charge of the, of operating these schools to a lesser degree or less lesser level, the public school system. So what we need to have is more private schools to reduce the cost. Well. Because the competition of... more comp- It would be more competition. Yeah. And that's, competition in the marketplace. And that's what we've seen with... Uh, Jordan Peterson launching, right, his online universities. Well, that's his plan. I know. He like, better get to it. Like uh, for myself, I know like edX. I don't know if you heard of edX. Yeah, I can't do online. No? No. Oh. Is it your ADD? Yep. Oh, okay. I can't add. <laughs> I can only subtract. So I'm saying there's options. There's definitely options. I mean, because for me, it makes complete sense for these kids that are... 10, 11, 12, and they're like, I want to be a doctor when I grow up, or I want to be a rocket scientist, or I want to, you know, be a lawyer, or what have you. Yeah, it totally makes sense for those kids to go through the... Formal training. Yeah, because it's going to have a lot of... I mean, granted, it's, exp- it's still going to be expensive, but though that high, high payout, the high output of resources for them, it's worth it. You know, it's worth it for them to go down that road. Whereas, like I mentioned, trade school for some kids. I mean, I know that's a big, that's a big, uh, there's a big gap. There's a big void there with a lot of these, these uh, trades that are, you know. Plus a reduction in overall birth rates. Those darn boomers ruined it for everybody, like always. They just. (laughs) They didn't have enough kids. (laughs) Well, well, divorce rates for them traumatize apparently the younger generation, their kids to not want to get married so quickly and have families. And then that reduces. And then the whole well, conversation around abortion comes in and the whole conversation around nuclear families. Aren't you so glad that Bernie's talking about population control for the environment? Yeah, because you know, battle climate change. Yeah, you know, too many farting babies. Because we're not doing that enough, right? We're not controlling their population through abortion. No, not enough. Or birth control or use of, you know, <laughs> condoms. I think that would be under birth control. Is it? Oh, yeah. totally. 
He's laughing at me right now. This has, been a, great, this has been a great podcast. We've kind of covered all the bases of silliness, I think. I think so. Yeah. Is, this, is it because it's a night podcast? I think at night. It's the different vibe. It's a different right? vibe. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a thing. Definitely different. Not bad, though. No. It was a good day for me, too. Yeah? Yeah. Not that those other days were bad, but I just felt a little bit more relaxed today. We're now at 151. Not bad. Gabriel. Lee. What do you think? Is there anything else that... I can't come up with anything at this point. Yeah. I had a lot... I have a lot more to say, too. As far as biblical application or verses that come to mind when I think of politics and our current climate. And... Is there anything that's, like, pressing for you? Mm, no, but, I mean, there's a few as far as... Because, you know, the Bible gets into theocracy in the Old Testament. That's one of the ones that uh, people try and use to apply to today, but it doesn't really fit. A lot of times, um, because we don't have a theocracy. That's not the application that we have going on today, but. Uh, theocracy meaning a religious run government? Correct. Religious based government. Religious based yeah. government. So that would be. Rome? No. Is it Rome? Vatican. The Vat- uh, at some point, yeah, during the there's some extent to that, and there's you know the the kings that were kind of above or in cahoots with the religious leaders during those sort of you know yeah during those sort of things times. Yeah, I'm sure we'll cover politics again at some point in the future. We kind of did. But then we kind of ran away from it. Mostly because of me. It's okay. Like they say, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll come We'll come to that intersection eventually, probably. Yeah, we'll cross that road when we get there. Yeah. Get it, get it? I get it. Does everyone else get it? Yeah. I hope so. Unless we, You know what? Unless they're listening to this like a few years later and we, change, we totally changed the name of the show. And they're like, what? What are they talking about? These guys don't know what they're doing. What are these guys doing? But anyway. Um, I think that's it for our first political, officially, first political discussion. Or intentionally? Intention, yeah, intentional talk. But anyways, I think I'm good for now. Yeah, I think we exhausted ourselves. Are you exhausted? I feel a little bit. <laughs> it's almost nine. It's yeah, it's getting it's getting close to my bedtime. For a, for a weekday, yeah, we're we're getting close. I can't I can't stay up late anymore. No. Uh oh. Maybe one of these days I'll talk about some of my dreams. A podcast about dreams. I don't know. We'll see. If it's if it's something that's uh, naturally. You could apply, yeah. You could apply Brought to up. Joseph or Daniel. Joseph. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that knocks locks in our third one. Episode three. All right. Good we'll night. See, we'll see y'all later. Live from the RM Studios in Tustin, California. 
at the crossroads with Gabriel and Lee.